Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about how alcohol affects the heart. I'll explain how the heart works, what the different parts of the heart do, what blood pressure is, 
how alcohol affects our heart rate and rhythm, and why alcohol causes damage to the heart. You'll learn why your heart races in the middle of the night after heavy drinking, and the connection between alcohol and high blood pressure. We have a lot to talk about today, so let's dig in. If you are currently drinking and worry about alcohol-related heart problems, then you might want to skip this one. I tried really hard to tone down the scary parts, but to also maintain honesty about what alcohol does to the heart. I talk about some heart conditions that you can develop from long-term heavy drinking, but I left out the specifics of what the condition does in the body. The last thing that I want to do is scare anyone. This episode will be similar to episode six, where I talked about alcohol metabolism and how alcohol contributes to cancer and liver damage. Our heart keeps us alive by sending blood to the rest of our body. We know there are a few different issues that can arise for the heart, which are high blood pressure, atrial fibrillation, heart disease, and heart failure. Most of us don't know much more than that. The heart is actually something I didn't know much about either. It's a very complicated part of the body. The heart is the center of our circulatory system. The circulatory system is a network of blood vessels, such as arteries, veins, and capillaries, which carry blood to and from all areas of the body. Arteries are the thickest type of blood vessel and capillaries are the thinnest. Heavy, frequent drinking can cause capillaries to burst in the face, causing us to look red. Our blood carries oxygen and nutrients to our organs so they can work properly. Blood also brings carbon dioxide to the lungs so we can exhale it. The rate and rhythm of our heart is controlled by an electrical system. A problem with the heart's electrical system can make it harder for the heart to pump blood. The heart is divided into four chambers. The two upper chambers are called the atria and the two lower are the ventricles. Blood flows from the body and lungs to the atria, then from the atria into the ventricles. The ventricles pump blood out of the heart. The heart valve controls the direction of blood flow in the heart and prevents blood from moving backwards. Arteries take blood from the heart to the body and veins bring blood back to the heart. This directionality is important because since arteries are the thickest type of blood vessel, they can handle the greatest amount of pressure. Veins couldn't handle the same pressure so they would burst. Oxygen gets delivered to our tissues via the blood. Oxygen-poor blood is carried by the pulmonary artery and returned to the heart by entering the right atrium. It gets pumped into the right ventricle, and the right ventricle pumps it into the lungs so the blood can be oxygenated again. The oxygen-rich blood is brought back to the heart by the pulmonary veins. Remember, arteries bring blood out, veins bring blood in. It enters the left atrium and is pumped to the left ventricle. The left ventricle generates the high pressure that is required to pump the blood out of the heart and to the rest of the body. When blood leaves the heart, it travels through a large artery called the aorta. The contraction of the atria and ventricles as they move blood around the heart is what makes a heartbeat, kind of sounding like lub-dub. The lub sound 
is the sound of the valves closing when the atria pump blood into the ventricles. The valves close to prevent blood from moving backwards. The dub is the sound of the aortic and pulmonary valves closing as the ventricles contract and pump blood away from the heart. Where it gets a bit complicated is with each heartbeat, there's an electrical signal that travels from the top of the heart to the bottom. This is what actually makes it contract. Problems with the heart's electrical system can result in atrial fibrillation and other types of arrhythmia. Electrolytes are things like potassium, sodium, calcium, and magnesium. They carry a charge and help trigger and conduct the electrical impulses in the heart. Alcohol dehydrates us and depletes our electrolyte levels, which is another way alcohol contributes to arrhythmia. When you go to the doctor, you get your blood pressure as two numbers, and we all know kind of what good blood pressure is versus bad blood pressure. But what blood pressure actually is, it's the force of the blood pushing against the walls of the arteries as the heart pumps blood to the body. So the top number is the systolic pressure, which is the pressure when blood is pumped out of the heart. The pressure on our arteries is higher. The bottom number is the diastolic pressure, and it's the pressure between heartbeats when the heart is filling with blood. The pressure on our arteries is lowest at this time. Healthy blood pressure is usually less than 120 over 80. High blood pressure means the heart has to use higher pressure to push blood from the heart into the body. This condition can damage the blood vessels over time, which can become dangerous. When I was drinking, my blood pressure was 130 over 84 in my 20s. I've never had a doctor comment on it before, even though that's considered higher blood pressure and I was very young. I felt horrible all the time. My resting heart rate also increased and hung out around 82 beats per minute in the last year of my drinking. Once I quit drinking, my heart rate dropped pretty quickly down into the low 60s. I went to the doctor at 10 months sober, and my blood pressure was 110 over 60. Huge difference. Low levels of alcohol act as a vasodilator, meaning it expands the blood vessels. This is why you shouldn't drink alcohol before getting a tattoo. Heavy drinking causes the body to release hormones that actually constrict the blood vessels, meaning that the heart has to work harder to pump blood through the body because the space is smaller now. This is what leads to high blood pressure. When this process is repeated many times through alcohol abuse, the capillaries lose their ability to contract and can burst, causing permanent redness. I was constantly searching in the mirror for any of these physical signs of alcohol abuse. I was so afraid of damaging my face from drinking, but the fear didn't stop me from continuing. We're frequently told that red wine is good for the heart. This means a tiny amount, though, not the amount that we're actually drinking. When I was obsessed with moderation, I was constantly reading articles about how red wine was good for the heart. Sure, red wine has some benefits to it, but you can get the same antioxidant benefits from eating blueberries. I read a study that found that one standard drink had slight 
benefits to the heart, regardless of the type of alcohol. Whether it's a small glass of wine or small margarita, it's the same to your body. This study also said that once you have more than one, it tips the balance and there are only negative effects. Several epidemiologic studies over the last 20 years have shown complex associations between alcohol and cardiovascular conditions, which is very dependent on the amount and pattern of alcohol consumption. Heavy frequent drinkers and weekend binge drinkers are both at increased risk. The problem with many studies on drinking is it relies on the participants to be honest about how much they're actually drinking. Problem drinkers usually aren't very honest. I've said, but I've only had two drinks a lot of times when I actually had four drinks. Additionally, filling up your glass four times doesn't mean you had four drinks. It's more likely that it's six to eight standard drinks. In 2015, the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism sponsored a biomarker research challenge to discover and develop biomarkers of alcohol consumption. A biomarker is something in the body that can be used to measure normal biological processes, a disease state, or how the body is responding to a therapeutic treatment. Some genetic disorders result in a large accumulation of one product because the pathway for breaking it down has been disrupted. So the body is unable to break it down, and that's what causes a lot of the symptoms. The product is the biomarker, and the accumulation of it is what's used to quantify the disease state. If a treatment works, then levels of this biomarker should reduce. Remember in episode 14, we talked about the Kaiser Permanente study in terms of childhood experience? There was also a Kaiser Permanente health study, and they found that the prevalence of hypertension, which is blood pressure above 140 over 90, was twice as much in people who drank more than six drinks per day than in non-drinkers. This study looked at white and black participants, both women and men. Data also suggests that binge drinking results in a temporary increase in blood pressure, which ranges from a four to seven increase for systolic blood pressure and four to six for diastolic blood pressure. A 2012 meta-analysis that looked at 16 different studies on the effect of alcohol on the risk of hypertension found that drinking one to two drinks per day significantly increased the risk of hypertension in women and three to four drinks per day increased the risk for men. High blood pressure, even just by two points, increases mortality from stroke by 10% and from coronary artery disease by 7%. High blood pressure can also cause thickening and hardening of the arteries, which is a risk factor for heart attack and stroke. Heavy drinking can damage the heart muscle, which is called cardiomyopathy. Myocardium is a thick middle layer of muscle that lets the chambers contract and relax to pump blood to the body. Weakened heart muscle can lead to enlargement of the four heart chambers, making it harder for the heart to pump blood. Long-term heavy drinking can lead to an increased resting heart rate, high blood pressure, weakened heart muscle, and irregular heartbeat. 
Alcohol can cause variability in the way the heart beats, specifically the time in between beats. Studies have found that regular heavy drinking can cause episodes of tachycardia or increased heart rate due to problems in the electrical signals that produce the heartbeat. Having episodes of tachycardia increases the risk for heart attack and stroke. It's pretty common to wake up in the middle of the night with your heart racing after a night of heavy drinking. I would jolt awake between 12 and 3 a.m., and it was my trigger to begin shaming myself. The more alcohol you drink, the faster your heart beats, which is why your heart races in the middle of the night. Anxiety also causes a racing heart, and if you remember from episode one, alcohol also causes anxiety. And a third reason for this middle-of-the-night racing heart is dehydration puts a strain on the heart. When we're dehydrated, the amount of blood circulating through the body decreases, so our heart has to beat faster to compensate for that. Arrhythmia is a change in heart rhythm and occurs because of issues with the heart's electrical system. Common types of arrhythmia are the heart beating too slow, called bradycardia, or too fast, called tachycardia. Acute cardiac rhythm disturbances, the most common being atrial fibrillation, have been found to be caused by heavy drinking. So what I mean by acute is brief, so not permanent. This condition is referred to as holiday heart because it's been found more often around Christmas and New Year's when most people are drinking a lot more than usual. AFib causes the upper chambers of the heart to quiver instead of beating normally. Alcohol causes AFib both acutely, meaning after only one heavy drinking occasion, and from cumulative effects over time of alcohol-related damage to the heart muscle. Quivering of the upper chambers means blood doesn't circulate as efficiently as it should and can sometimes have trouble leaving the heart. In the last few years of my drinking, I was really, really scared of getting permanent AFib. It was pretty obvious that alcohol was negatively affecting my heart. I woke up with my heart racing in the middle of the night after drinking way too much. My resting heart rate was very high and my blood pressure was high. In the beginning, AFib can come and go, but after a long time of it being left untreated and continuing to slam our bodies with alcohol, it can become permanent. I read about holiday heart and tried to say it was just that, but I was having holiday heart when it wasn't the holidays. Luckily, to my knowledge, I did not do any permanent damage to my heart, even though I drank very heavily for years and didn't take time off. A lot of problem drinkers avoid the doctor because we don't want to talk about our drinking and we're scared of potential health problems from our drinking. It's really important to fight these fears and go anyway. Routine yearly blood work and a physical can tell you plenty of information about your heart. You don't have to make appointments specifically for concerns about your drinking. So just your yearly blood work can tell you a lot of information about your electrolyte and vitamin levels, your liver health, and you can get information about your blood pressure from your physical appointment. 
So I hope this was helpful. There's a lot going on with the heart and alcohol affects it in many ways because alcohol is hanging out in there and then the heart pumps it to the rest of the body. So overall, it puts a strain on our heart and makes it harder for it to do its job. And after a long time of drinking tons and tons of alcohol, the heart can become damaged. Either the arteries or the actual heart muscle itself, the rhythm can be disrupted. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. I hope this episode was interesting and not scary in any way. And I will talk to you guys next week. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.